I'm welcome. I'm Steve. And I like the Cybertruck. And I am a Tesla fan. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the familiar flint snapper. It's not the... Is it our podcast or the podcast? I don't fucking... I, I can barely speak. I don't know. One or the other. <laughs> Whichever comes out of my mouth at the time. Um, and yeah, it's not that... Yeah, just... I want to like it. I really do. I just, it looks like, it looks like the future from the idea of the perspective of someone from the seventies. I think that's the thing that I don't like about it is it's kind of like, it's a very retro future. Mm. Instead of, instead of saying what it looks like, why don't you just appreciate it for what it is? Yeah. They did break two windows and roll a four wheeler <laughs> into it. So. That's, that's yeah. part of the reason why I like it. Yeah. <laughs> The ATV in the back of it is like eighty yeah. percent of why I like it. <laughs> God, the whole the whole time of them doing the the Mad Max themed <laughs> characters and stuff. Yeah. It's like, uh, All right, yeah. Elon, we get it. Yeah. How to date an episode? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, like I say, I, I just yeah meh. Anyway, uh, other than watching uh, car reveals, what has everyone been up to? Brett, what have you been up to? I have been. Working tirelessly to get done with the uh, treasure trade build and hopefully get that sent out this week, as well as uh, working on another project that fed into the treasure trade video that I'm filming and making uh, because the young chap, whatever, it's not much of a reveal. It's a chap, not a lass. Spoiler. Yeah. And... He happens to be a fan of some films that I am also a huge fan of involving Jim Henson. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Such a big spoiler. Fuck. Uh, I don't okay, care. Not- it's going to be out by Wednesday. I'll probably take pictures before now and then anyways. <laughs> you can't post them until the person has received the gift. What? Yeah, you're not allowed to post anything on social until the person's received the gift. Yeah, that's the whole point. Yeah. So you can't put the video out until they've received it. Shit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, when you were saying like, oh yeah, because I could put this bit out and then do that. I was like, not unless they've received it, you can't. So yeah. Hmm. Did you even read the email? What is is rush shipping like if I do it (laughs) Saturday? (laughs) How deep's your wallet? Yeah. Oh God. Not read the small print in your contract. All right. Well, anyway, it's been a productive few days and um Is it Muppet's Christmas Carol? Uh, I fucking love that. Yeah, I made Jacob Marley (laughs) and I forged (laughs) the chains. Yes. I could actually believe that as well. That would be really Uh, amazing to do a whole chain just for just to send off 40 pounds of steel to somebody. There you go. Merry Christmas. Anyway, um, all right. Al, yeah. what have you been up to? Um, I've had a very busy week. Um, the um, I've had a couple of uh, exhibitions to go to up at the university. So it's like the end of year shows for some of the um, courses up there, which is always good to kind of see what talent is coming out of the, the region. Um, and then Friday night, my friend had an emergency, an emergency exhibition, if there's such a thing, um, and basically <laughs> called me at the last minute uh, to say uh, that she needed help with the uh, lighting rig on the Alexa thing that she built. Um, oh, yeah. so I needed to run up there and re, re sort of code that, which is fun trying to headlessly code a Raspberry Pi with no monitor, just a keyboard, and just basically mm-hmm. doing it blind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it might, I managed to get it working up and running, which is great. Um, and at work this week um, was a part of a government initiative called Creative Careers, um, Creative Careers Initiative or something like that. Um, and it basically meant that we had like open door policy for young people to come in. So we yeah. ran a workshop at work where 20 kids came in and we kind of um, just taught them about the business, basically spent a day just like running through a project from start to finish. It was really funny just getting the kids to come up with ideas like that yeah. normally would take us, you know, six months uh, they busted out in a day and just, just mm-hmm. like, you know, the rules were like, you, you have to be as crazy as you possibly can. Like there are no, yeah. there are no rules in this. Um, and I just wanted to be imaginative. So it's really good to see the kids kind of slowly devolve into just sort of like anarchy and 
like just bizarre ideas by the end of the day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yesterday I had a really good day uh, down at the, yeah, the crypt, which was yeah, um, did, which is a um, uh, like a homeless shelter. Um, but they basically they they have a soup kitchen there. Uh, they have like a hundred users, um, but they it's not just a, just a shelter. They kind of they try and get people back into work, get people back on their feet. You know, there's a whole program, there's a whole social initiative. They have like temporary housing, um, and the users actually end up working there as well. So, like, in, if you're in the kitchens, the the guys in the kitchen are actually the the homeless people, and they kind of work on a merit system. Um, so it's much more proactive than just the traditional kind of, you know, give them some money so they can buy more smack scenario yeah um but yeah basically there's the, there's a whole warehouse full of stuff that gets donated um and it's it, it's like if you imagine the end of indiana jones with all the like the boxes piled up it's like someone's tipped all those boxes out and there are no <laughs> boxes um and you you're expected to kind of be able to sort through this and make it a, yeah. a viable thing so yeah just helping them out with like knocking up some storage solutions and things for the shops um it's great because there's just loads of like old furniture that I can that I can just cut up and use to make other things from. It's like perfect yeah. hack shack yeah. uh, situation. Um, you don't have to spend any money, and it's just all there. And it's right that would make a great table. Let's make some cupboards out of that. Boom, bish bash bosh, um, mm. quick and dirty, and it doesn't need to look nice because it's just for storage. So it's yeah, um, it's <laughs> like the perfect brief for me. So that was a really cool day. Uh, and then today I've been attempting. To, as Brett has to crack on with the uh, the treasure trade because I ain't fucking missing it this year like I did last year. Yeah, nice. nice. So all all in all, a productive, busy ace week. Yes, yes. Apart from nice. work, which is such bombs. Steve, well, yeah. what about you? How are you doing with your treasure trade? Treasure trade. Treasure. treasure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving on from that question. Uh, I mean, technically, in terms of like steps, you're halfway there. Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah, no, uh, we are kind of still in the throes of pre-Christmas market chaos. Um, by the time this comes out, um, the... PMC? P- what? PMC? Yeah, 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 that works. Um, yeah, uh, that'll be... So when this comes out, the, the people have just and just opened. Um, so we're we've kind of like crested the hill as it were like pretty much everything that needs to be forged before we go up has been done um so we're we're now kind of i wouldn't say relaxed but i was the only one that was in saturday working sort of thing like we're we're not relaxed by any stretch of the imagination but we're not manically all um busy at the moment sort of thing it's it's nice we've we're getting to the point where we can actually smile and laugh and joke and enjoy <laughs> being in the workshop rather than it it being a complete chore but uh but yeah so that was really good um but unfortunately it does mean that i again have spent uh six days this week working in uh the forge doing bits for alex and not really getting on with any of my own stuff um although this weekend i did manage to uh start the treasure trade in the <laughs> I I took a piece of metal that was slightly bent and strained it out, ready Good to enough. do other things with it. So there you go. Yeah, um, but my uh, treasure trade person isn't the other side of the planet, so hopefully uh, I'll be able to get it to them before Christmas at least. Um, so yeah, that's good. Uh, also today. Um, I uh, went and played, I say went and played, uh, I went and helped, um, or I went to see my mum uh, <laughs> and she she was doing a photo shoot, shoot for her shop because um, she runs a, a bridal shop. Um, I say bridal, no, because she does suits and shit as well now. So it's just a, a wedding shop, I guess, shop <laughs> for, for, for wedding attire. Uh, and um, yeah, I uh, went and did that and it was really nice. Um because it's one of those things, like as soon as I turn up to any kind of shoot, I always end up being the person that's holding the the big gold disc thing to reflect mm-hmm. the light back. And, um, <laughs> Aziz, uh, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Aziz. This is much better. Thank you, um, Steve. 
God damn it. I was saying to uh, to Jazz earlier on, like I I genuinely actually really like being kind of like a photographer's assistant for a day because you can learn so much just by um, just by being in that location and just kind of making that connection with a another person um, who has a skill that you want to learn learn something about. Um, like for example, another kind of connection I made. Uh, in case you haven't realised, the subject this week is connections. Spoil your own segue. <laughs> yeah. It's more Which fun segues than a spoil. Very nicely into. Um, but yeah, one, one of uh, the other connections that we obviously have uh, is with um, Rory uh, Dick Smith. And when we were over last year uh, for the class at Jimmy's, um, one of the things that I remember speaking to Rory about is the technique of um, turning and striking. So striking like you regularly, like you normally would, but turning um, the piece each time. So for creating a taper. Um, and it's a technique that uh, that a lot of Smiths use. And it's something that I've never really kind of got on well with. I've always preferred um, a different striking method. None, like it's it's not a case of this one's better than this one or anything like do you that. Mean like, do you mean like hit, turn 90 degrees, hit, turn back 90 degrees, hit, turn like that? Yeah. But obviously doing it, whereas I normally strike one side a few times, turn, yeah, yeah. strike the other side a few times, turn. Um, and like I say, there's no huge advantages to either one. Like they each have their own advantage, but it's it's something that I just, I've always wanted to be able to do just as a kind of, it's a skill I should be able to do sort of thing. Obviously, um, like be, being a beginner, like I have no preference either way, but doing it that way helps me. Yeah, because I can, I can kind of see it working evenly. If I if I do do too much on one side, I'm like I'll start to stress out that I'm going to fuck up the other side. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and the thing is for for drawing the uh, the tapers out like that, it's it's more about speed than anything else. Right. And and because where basically I, I was doing uh, a load of um, hooks, so it's just a case of just drawing out these tapers, uh, turning them around, putting a curly cue on the end, and then that was it. So you know, doing that in a few heats um, and carrying on. And because of the way the power hammer is set up at the moment, um, one of the dies is slightly misshaped and it's not normally a problem, but because the tongs I'm using don't have a great grip on this particular bit of stock, it was constantly twisting. So Ah. it just ended up being like, actually, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to do this by hand. It's going to be quicker and easier. Um, And because I was knocking out so many tapers, it was kind of a good opportunity to start trying that skill. Uh, well, that technique, and um, oh, yeah, I managed to actually do it, and I was really happy. And I was like, "Ah, this is this is good." Uh, but I think I'm going to because it's easier for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, and it's just I, I I quite like like how uh, being able to make um, make connections with people and go to events and talk to people. It's uh, it's a really nice way of. Um, of learning new skills and being exposed to these new things. Um, and I think that for me is one of the best advantages with, with kind of connections and with getting to know these, um, these people like, so it's not just someone that I've seen on YouTube or on Instagram or anything like that. It's someone that I've actually made a natural connection with and learning why they do things, I think really helps to under, to, um, to kind of push me to, to emulate that myself and and to try and learn those skills. But if I'd just seen Rory do that on a video and never really spoken to her about it, I'd have just been like, oh, that's cool, but I'm going to do it this way because <laughs> I don't care. Um, but actually getting to speak to him about it, it was like, okay, I, I want to give that a try at some point. Um, and yeah, I think like for me, that's one of the really nice things about making new connections is the kind of... Uh, the tertiary the secondary things that go with it like the the added bonuses to meeting someone so it's not just meeting someone having a laugh and that's it it's the all the nice frilly filler stuff that goes with it as well (laughs) i think as well that that they're not you know we talked about sort of butterfly effect in the past but you know meet just meeting somebody but then the things that opens up as well yeah. So like you, like you said, there's, there's this whole wealth of that, just that one person, but then that one person also knows other people and also knows other things. And suddenly you've just like, you've, op- you've, you've opened one door, but actually behind it, there's two. 
Yeah. Um, and I, re- I really love that about, you know, like six degrees of Kevin Bacon for the want of getting a bacon yeah. reference in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it the, the, the exponential kind of benefits of, of, of connections in, in this, especially in this community, is fantastic. Yeah. I like, similar to what you said, Al, it's the way I've looked at it is it's never just the one person. It's the mm. 10 or 15 other people that they know. <laughs> because, you know, in in a sense, being a bit of a facilitator, I think is a very strong skill for certain people to have because it's not always about whether or not you're the right person or um, if someone comes to you asking for a specific project to be done or needs your help working on something, if you can connect them with somebody else who's not only better, but you know, maybe you have the assumption that they will get along better or they might see eye to eye on, on certain aspects of things like Steve, if you're going to bring up the example of, you know, this turning 90 degrees while you're forging in my mind, like that doesn't make any sense. I've seen Rory (laughs) do it and I've seen plenty of other people do it. I've seen Rasmus do it. Um, but I, I, my brain doesn't click like that. Yeah. But all that means is like that is one small skill set of blacksmithing that I, I may not latch on to, whereas other people will. And so if anybody ever came to me go and was asking, oh, uh, how would you suggest doing the turning while I strike? I'm going to be like, talk to Steve. Because he'll talk you through it a lot. But well, most blacksmithing questions I'll yeah. probably just send your way anyways. Because, <laughs> you know, um, but I, I love being able to connect other people that may have otherwise never met each other. Yeah. But I happen to be the facilitator, the mediator between those two people to, you know, get a project done or solve a problem, really, at the end of the day. If yeah. I know that someone comes to me for a woodworking question, I will go through my Rolodex yeah. and make sure that I push that yeah. person over there. Even if we're friendly with each other, it's like, look, I will tell you. Or, or here's an example that happened recently. I had a friend of mine ask me to make a cutting board. And I was like, mm, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it was very specific. Like he had a very specific size in mind. And then uh, I said, do you have any examples? At least I'll be able to you know, look through it and maybe I can connect you with somebody. And the example that he sent me was not only good quality, for a good price, but it also had burned in or like pyrography in it uh, yeah. with measurements and and like w- different size rings for throwing dough or uh, yeah, it was like a baker's board of some sort. Yeah. And <laughs> the initial reaction from my end was, okay, who could I who could I send this guy to that might be able to do something like this? And then actually, what it really ended up being was. That's a really good price for exactly what you're looking for. I would just suggest paying for that. <laughs> just get yeah. out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. even then, it's like I, I will take the connections out of the equation and just, you know, be the stopping point. Be like, I'm the yeah. last person you needed to talk to. Yeah. Here's the I mean, solution. Because we, we have uh, a similar sort of thing happen at the Forge Lock because we're, we're a very product based um workshop like we don't we don't really take on commissions unless it's uh very specific to the sort of thing that we make as in if it's around cookware then we may take it on or if it's for a particular chef or you know obviously for friends and family there's odds and sods that we'll do but generally like general public if they come in and ask for something then unless it's in our wheelhouse we we tend to kind of um say no and we had that this week um you know like everyone is now very aware we're extremely busy at the moment and um and we had a a lady turn up at the workshop and uh and she walked in and she wanted to make uh, a weather vane or she wanted to to order a weather vane for her husband i think she actually wanted to order it for him for christmas which ah that's not gonna happen (laughs) um but she walked in she started asking about it and and it was great because she just went, oh, do you make weather vanes? Um, no, like, oh, I'm really sorry, but actually we don't. We're, this is the kind of thing we do and you know, look at what we do sort of thing. Alex just went, no. <laughs> Straight up, no. <laughs> really blunt. I just stood there and stared at her. I was like, uh. And, um, but, but we were then able to kind of have a quick chat with her. And 
point in the direction of a couple of local Smiths. Um, <laughs> Pointer in the direction. Um, <laughs> well done. Uh, yeah, um, but like because we had those connections, it's people that we've um, we've either worked with before or we know their work. Um, and I think again, the like the social media side of things is a is a massive part of that because it means that we're able to make connections with people that we wouldn't be able to without the internet. Like I know we keep on about social media and the internet and technology and everything, but it's a, it's a huge part of, of who we are and what we do. Um, and I think Brett, your point about being a facilitator is perfect. It's spot on. Um, and that's the, me and Alex have had um, long discussions about it in the past, about the fact that in terms of uh, my value within the business, um, my value is not as a production blacksmith. I'm not the best production blacksmith out there. Um, I'm not fast enough and I'm not consistent enough. Um, not when I'm, especially compared to someone like Joe, like Joe's a fucking machine. Um, but my value comes in the connections I have and the connections I'm able to make. Um, and Alex loves the fact that he knows he can leave Joe doing all the production stuff and at a festival, he can leave me doing all of the connections, all of the speaking to the chefs and um, speaking to the public and the organisers and so on and so forth and actually make those those connections there. And and also have connections outside of uh, our remit as well that are helpful for other things. Like the amount of times that we've been stood around at lunch um, and Alex has been trying to problem solve, he's vocalised it. And I've gone, oh, what about you could do it like this because this person does that and I could put you in touch with them. Um, I mean, it's the same thing as, as what happened with, uh, with Maker Central and like with us being there for that. And the same as going out to do the class um, last month at gyms. Like it's, it's because, you know, I, I had these connections um, mm-hmm. and. Well, you, you think backwards from that where you and I got connected. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, a year later, we're connecting Alex with yeah. Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's it, silly. How, yeah, it's it's like um, it's like Al said though. It's not just that direct connection. It's well, I know someone that knows someone that knows someone, and that's that's how things work. That's how you you get ahead. Um, and I don't I, like that. Sounds a really like cynical, businessy sort of way of saying it, but it it's true of everything. Like I've some of my the best people I know are like people that I've met as friends of friends. Um, so I think like being able to explore those other connections is always worth um, worth doing. I think just like building up what you're saying, Steve, that 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 moment of, you know, the woman coming in for the weather vane, um, instead of blowing her off, you, you were able to like find a solution to that. But for me, it's even like abstract things that normally wouldn't have any connection to what you're doing. For example, I, I used to work at a company called Design Bridge, and yeah. the 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 reason it was called that is because it was the bridge between the the business strategy and the creative. So you know, yeah. a lot of design agencies are very much creative, very boutique, very you know trendy, or some are really strategic heavy and and you're not big on the creative. And this was kind of both. But the amount of times we had people ringing up asking us to design bridges for them. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, that's amazing. And, and it was always just this sort of like slightly funny but tiresome email like no we don't design bridges mm. you know if you bothered to look at the website we're actually a branding agency blah, blah 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 yeah but like now i pretty much reckon i could get a bridge designed for them <laughs> 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 just because of the connections that have made over the yeah. past couple of years um and the same thing happened uh, this week at work actually got um doing an identity for um like a um a new housing uh, project in, yeah. in the community near near, near the near work um and the 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 area where I work and the buildings and the complex uh, is called the, the Round Foundry. It used to be a foundry, and there's ironworks there and stuff, and um, a lot of cool machinery and things. Um, and this 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 housing project uh, wants like a sign making, yeah. and it was like you know made out of metal and had electronics in it, and it was like. Well, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's like, and, it, and it wasn't like, oh, I could put you onto someone who does that, or, um, you know, I can find someone and, and I can search online for you and then charge you a commission <laughs> for the yeah. fucking sole purpose of being able to use the internet. 
It's like no, I'll, I'll, we can we can bill it out as part of our project and and yeah. do it in house in the same way that we do typography or illustration. It's like why not have that as your skill set? And it's all because yeah. of the people I know. Yeah. Well, that that's a little bit different. But now I'm intrigued by um, what happens when you are the connection, right? So yeah. I was saying how important it is to be the facilitator. But what mm. happens when somebody comes to you as the you're the you're the connected one. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, the one absolutely. that I've been in touch with. Yeah, and and I think to um, sort of Steve's point about that, this this whole social media thing and, and connect, connect, connectivity itself has facilitated that massively because I get a lot more requests about things like that now because somebody knows me. So I've been on the yeah. end of that that connection. I think more so actually than I have been a facilitator um, yeah. because. You know, not necessarily people have, um, you know, seen my stuff. Like if people had <laughs> watched my YouTube channel, they'd be like, no, let's not get him to make it for us. Yeah. Um, but it'd be more somebody put me, oh, so-and-so said, um, you know, you can design this or you can build a website or you can do T-shirts. And you're like, oh, right, this this is really kind yeah. of, you know, if I was um, working for myself or a freelancer, this would be super fucking helpful because the, yeah. the, the slog of working for yourself and, and going on your own is this lack of kind of constant stream of income. So the more people you're connected to, the more people you know, it's actually really beneficial because you, you're getting recommendations, you yeah. know, and people valuing you instead of good, that, that, oh, I don't know, I'll, I'll look online for somebody. It's like, yeah. oh, no, I know somebody. <laughs> yeah. And I think, like, um, that's a really good point. Um, and it's one of the things that uh, I know um, – Phil Pinsky talks about it a lot on mm. the uh, Miko and Audio podcast. Like the fact that being vocal about who you are and what you do means that like everyone he works with, if one of their friends is going, oh, do you know anyone that can make me a phone holder? Yeah, They're going to go, oh yeah, I work with a guy that can do that. And I think that's kind of, um, that's kind of an important thing. Like if people know that you, they don't even need to know specifically what you do. They just need to know that, oh, th- that guy makes stuff then they they come to you because it, it again it goes back to that thing of you might not be able to do the thing but yeah. you know someone that can do the thing and or you like, know you know the ins and outs of it i think that's, yeah. that's even more important is like actually to your point brett that's probably a 200 hundred dollar chopping yeah. board i'd go for it <laughs> yeah <laughs> because um, you actually understand it yeah because mm-hmm. like I, I was talking to uh jamie reader earlier in the week about um my old job role and the fact that the main i wasn't particularly good at it but the reason that I maintained my job for so long and the reason I was valuable within the business is because I could, again, bridge that gap between uh, Google business. and oh, uh, no, <laughs> between the business people and the IT people. I could explain the, the tech speak to the business people and I could mm-hmm. explain the business speak to the tech people yeah. and make them both comprehend what the other party wanted. That, and that is such a fucking being, valuable skill like yeah. in, in any walk of life being that that yeah. translator that interpreter yeah and like being of a of a uh, a maker mindset it means that when um when another friend of mine drops a message and says what do you know about um like well he actually said what do you know about welding uh brass to aluminium and i was like uh i i know it's not welding it but you could possibly braise it it was like, well, that already means that you know more than me. This is what, like, <laughs> it, what what does it involve? And I was like, well, it's it's kind of specific. What you you need to tell me a little bit more yeah, about yeah, what yeah, you yeah. want. Um, and yeah, you know, even at the start of that conversation, it was like, I'm not going to be able to help you do this, but I know someone that can. Yeah. I, I can I can pass you on to someone that's that's going to be able to help, and I can make sure that you know this person isn't going to screw you over because I know enough to to know when like the person doing it is trying to screw you over and when they're trying to help you sort of thing. Um, and I think that can be a really uh, useful skill to have. Um, I was going to ask a question, but go ahead. Brett, you go ahead. That, all, all I was going to ask is like, there's a lot of people within the, like, especially within our listenership that aren't the most outgoing of people, I think is a good way of putting it. Um I was just wondering if you guys had any like ideas, whatever, on uh, on how people can make those connections and how people can kind of uh, get past themselves and 
actually get out and, and meet the, the, those other people, make those connections. Cause like, it, it's very easy to, to follow someone on Instagram, but like making the actual connection, getting that, uh, that interaction going so that it's not just a, a person you follow, but someone that you actually communicate with and someone that you can, you feel comfortable asking questions of. Oh, that is a, it's a tough one. Yeah. I like, think, how I think do you tell an introvert that, you know, <laughs> just go out, just go meet people. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But to, uh, to so, going back yeah. to what you were saying earlier, Steve, about that, um, you know, almost like we're, we're all a little bit sort of too humble and kind of like ashamed, not ashamed, but like um, don't want to brag about the things that we're capable of doing or yeah. know about or know friends who do it. And yeah. I think I think we're all a bit reserved in terms of like, oh, if, I, if it sounds like that, it sounds like I'm a know-it-all or it sounds like yeah. I, I know the answer to this and, or I know somebody else who knows the answer. And I think just getting over that initial kind of sort of apprehension because m- – Nine times out of ten, you're going to be more helpful to someone by telling yeah. them you know how to do it, or you've done it before, or you know someone who does it. Yeah, way more than you're like, oh, Steve, he knows everything. Like yeah. that, just that 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 confidence in going. If you know something and they don't say it, you know yeah. it, it 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 doesn't doesn't make you come across as like uh, that, that you're you're better than them in any way. It's just yeah. your your skill set is different to their skill set. Like my at, at my work. Like nobody has any practical skills, like yeah. at all. Um, but you know they're, they're skilled in um, you know myriad other ways that I'm not. Um, but just being able to have just to have that confidence to go, yes, that's actually this is how you do that, and yeah, you know mm-hmm. you don't even need to be you don't even need to know like the the um, Professor Brian Cox fucking workings of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that that that. A little bit of pride in yourself and going actually yeah. you know you, you've, you've probably tried very hard to learn that knowledge or you've yeah. you've made those connections because you're you're a nice person and you did something for them yeah and now you have that connection and, and i think that's the thing is it's kind of realizing that 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 in itself has value yeah. and you, and you don't need to like you don't need to go around going i've done this before and i'm the <laughs> best ever it's just like oh yeah i, I did that and yeah. this is this this was the result sort of thing um you can offer you can offer an opinion without forcing an opinion sort of thing. Um, I remember someone but, talking about LinkedIn and like, I've never really, I find it a bit like a sort of desperate dating yeah. website, LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, with people kind of like clawing for your attention. But yeah, I, I remember someone talking about like how many connections they had on LinkedIn. And it was almost like it was how many followers they had on social media. And they're like, oh, yeah. I, I'm doing really well on LinkedIn. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Well, then, then I thought about it. And it's like, actually, you no, know, like having all those connections is actually a really powerful tool. It's like the, you oh, know, gotcha, the old, yeah. old school, like Rolodex. It's not just yeah. the number of them. It's like the, the variety and the different fingers yeah. you've got your pies in and all that kind of, you know, it, it, that in the real world is, 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 like you say, Steve, worth a fortune because yeah. all that associated knowledge that goes with it. Yeah, because well, I mean, a lot of the people that use LinkedIn seriously use it. Yeah, it is a huge benefit for them. Yeah, yeah because yeah. yeah, it's it's social media without anything else but business, right? Yeah. You, it's not yeah. people just posting random photos of their work. They have a rap sheet of I worked here doing this for yeah. this long. You have legitimate data on the people that if you're trying to look for business connections. It is a genuinely awesome site, yeah. but I don't use it and I don't know <laughs> anything about it. So it's tough for me to like cast judgment in that of just going like, oh yeah, I got another random spam email from LinkedIn asking me to join <laughs> yeah. or whatever. <laughs> um, I know I, mean, I have like a profile on there, but it, it's years and years old. And I know that's how my old company used to search for people. They used to go yeah. look them up on yeah. LinkedIn. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've worked with people that before that have asked me to leave comments and reviews on them as people on LinkedIn, just because it's, it is such a, a useful tool for them. Um, and it's, it's how a lot of uh, people that I used to work with got their jobs because they had good profiles. But I think it's the same as anything. It's one of those where you need to know how to, to use it for it to be of, of mm-hmm. value. But one of the, just quickly going back to what uh, I was saying earlier on, like about the fact that like working with people that have no, um, like practical skills, like working in an office environment or like when I was a kid growing up, like so many of my friends were like geeky gamer friends who had no idea about, they, they, 
they could build a PC from top to bottom, but they couldn't, <laughs> but they couldn't change a light bulb sort of thing. It was like <laughs> these really simple things like this. Yeah. And, um, and because I was always like, uh, I was quite practical growing up because, you know, growing up on a farm, you, you have to be. And, um, and it got to the point where I would always be the person that they'd call. Like if, if something in their house broke or if the car broke down or whatever. And it just, it seemed to escalate from there to the point where you know, I had friends that were phoning me, asking me for mortgage advice and things like that. And it was just this weird thing where <laughs> just being uh, like, just them knowing that I have a few useful skills means that then I became that kind of that go-to person because it, yeah. it was, it was a case of, yeah, if I didn't know, then I'd say, I don't know, but let me ask so-and-so. And I think that, that was a really important thing for me is to not just hand them to someone else is to ask that other person the question myself. Mm. So the next time I know the answer. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I was just wondering if like, if you had the same sort of thing where people started asking you like more and more kind of bizarre um, questions and that just because they know that you know how to nail two bits of wood together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and that's something that I think we've, we again, we've talked about in the past is that associated knowledge. Like the reason I yeah. would know that thing is because I just uh, akin it to something else that I already know. Yeah. So, I've, you know, I've worked it out in that field. So chances are I just apply the same logic uh, and brute force it through and it'll work. So yeah, even, even things that I don't know about, I'm probably going to have a better go at solving it than somebody mm. with, 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 with less, you know, awareness of, of even associated fields so i think those yeah. those connections in just in terms of different skill sets i think is super important as well so it's not just the people you meet with their skills it's like oh my skills actually you know i know enough dutch to kind of get by in german you know yeah. even though that's probably really offensive <laughs> um it that 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 knock-on effect yeah um, it, you know has parallels in in, in all, all sorts of fields not just people yeah it, definitely it, that makes me think of it. It's kind of an answer to Steve's initial question in terms of like, how do you get yourself out there? But mm. as far as I've put it together, the the having a YouTube channel or an Instagram presence or whatever your social media outlet is, it becomes a visual portfolio after a time, right? And even if every project that you're putting out or taking pictures of or explaining to people even if those projects are, this is my first go around, so it's not perfect, but that is still a marker of, of some sort to say, I've learned more than say the person with zero knowledge of it. Right. I've at least yeah. attempted to put electronics into my workbench versus yeah. somebody that has zero knowledge of electronics and is also building out a shop. So to, to them, you are a step up. And if you yeah. want to be able to put yourself out there and make those connections, I tend to think about social media stuff as like, this is my growing portfolio of knowledge that I've gained and projects that I've worked on. So yeah, if I need somebody to reference a project that I've worked on because they're asking me questions about it, it's actually really, really nice to be able to just pull up a picture of something of like, oh yeah, I worked on this thing. So now we're associating with that. And saying, yeah, this thing that we're talking about is specifically here on my phone or on my laptop. And we can talk through the process or I'm able to show, you know, transitions in, in work fluency because of the things that I've put out on social media. And therefore, it yeah. creates more connections going forward. Like, I don't I don't think I know the answer, the answer to that question of like, how do you get yourself out there? But. I don't think any of us are doing anything completely outrageous or super, super special, right? Mm -hmm. We're all very unique makers or we have our unique video styles. And, you know, Steve, when we first met on the podcast, it was like mind boggling that you had so many Instagram or followers. And I was like, this guy is so well known. And oh my God, <laughs> they're going to have me on this podcast. And it was it was really interesting to look through your work and already feel like I had a knowledge of what questions I could ask you. Yeah. Even though we didn't even know each other, we were just developing a connection at that point, And I felt like I knew more information about you. And that's like, that's a really good point because I was just starting to jot down a note to say like, 
going back to what you were saying earlier on, like you don't need to be the best at whatever. You just need to be a little bit further along the line than than the person asking you the question. And and being able to offer that little bit of of knowledge means that you can then make that connection. And it doesn't have to be necessarily about making. It can be about cooking. It can be about fashion. It can be about design. It can be about plumbing, fucking whatever. (laughs) Um, Like just having that little bit more is enough that because yeah like i i'm by far and away not the best blacksmith out there um i wouldn't even consider myself to be a particularly good blacksmith but i'm i know that i'm far enough along the line that to most people i can off i can tell them things that they're not going to know they're not going to understand and like having that is a really useful thing and and that's the thing is most people kind of appreciate that and if you can start that kind of that conversation going then it makes uh it makes making those connections much easier and and <laughs> sorry, I'm just i was just laughing at, at brett's little kind of head bob thing there <laughs> but uh but yeah like i think um like not getting caught up in um in like the numbers like oh i can't possibly speak to them because they've got X amount of followers or anything like that. Like that's, that's not how this game works. Like you just have to, to speak to people. Sometimes it's going to hit, sometimes it's going to miss. And uh, it's, it is sometimes difficult not to get caught up in the, the misses, but the hits are so much more rewarding that you just, you kind of keep having to go with them. Um, if yeah. It's, sense, a, it's a dumb analogy, but you know, think about when people try and give you dating advice in your younger years and you're like, well, yeah. what's the worst going to happen? They could say no. Yeah. I mean, that sounds so <laughs> easy when you're young. When you're young, you're just like, hey, but it's so much more than that. Like my entire life rests on this one decision from this person that I'm interested in. Well, it's it's the same thing nowadays. Half of it's just being present or, yeah. or just kind of showing up and putting yourself out there and yeah, we, we all put ourselves out there for criticism on a regular basis because just by putting anything out on the internet is going to uh, facilitate criticism in some capacity. But I like to think that, you know, if I wasn't producing videos and I wasn't making this stuff, I wouldn't have learned anything and I wouldn't have met any of these people. And you could say that, Oh, but you know, if you send them a message or you just you go to an event and you see that person and you make a connection there, then you can be friends going forward. I think it takes a lot more time and investment. And I'm not saying yeah. uh you know beating on people's doors all the time just to be like, can we be friends? I want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's more just like the I guess what it I guess what I'm trying to say is that. The more work I've done to get competent in things like blacksmithing, which I'm clearly is is like the skill set that I'm most in line with, it's it's made it to where making a connection with say like Jesse Savage, right? Like uh yeah. I hadn't met him prior to your class, or it was very, very brief uh yeah. prior to that. But um I feel like I can chat with Jesse because we have a handful of different connections and he knows that just through the grapevine of people that we're all friendly with, then we probably will get along. And I respect his work a ton and to, you know, be able to like forge next to the guy was awesome. And with, with going to the events, you know, I met Jesse at Maker Faire, New York. And he didn't remember me when we met the next time. <laughs> and for good reason. There was like a thousand other people there. I tried to go in and be like, hey, I follow you. I'm a really big fan. <laughs> that wasn't really the... At that point, I was just trying to meet people, you know? So it was kind of like going into the speed dating pool versus yeah. meeting him years later where it's like, look, I've I've put in some due diligence. You know, I am here. I am present. We are now in the same space. I feel like we can have a better conversation then because I've put in a little bit more work on my end. You can't just have the expectation that just by being in the same room as somebody that that's going to lead to a friendship or, or a work relationship. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm trying to say this in a positive manner, but like it just takes work 
to make yeah. those connections. They don't happen automatically. It's not. It's not just making them either. It's keeping them. You know. Yeah. You, you don't yeah. just. You don't just suddenly have this one off. Oh, I know them. It's like well, unless yeah. you're actually like you said, Brett, putting in that effort, you don't know them at all. Because yeah. <laughs> because you know that you got to you got to expect that same thing to come back at you. You know. Yeah. The same. And, and otherwise, the it's is, not. It's not a fair balance. Yeah, and the thing is, is you're not going to get on with everyone. Like, there's there's always going to be people you just don't get on with, and it's not necessarily a, uh, I don't like them because they're <laughs> this, that, or the other. It's just, yeah, they're cool, but we didn't really click. Like, mm-hmm. it, and and that's fine. Like, like you can know someone, and well, you you can have someone as like an acquaintance and not be best friends and then that's okay you don't need to be friends with everyone you don't just because yeah you know, just because al likes brett doesn't mean i have to like brett um i mean it, that's that's, <laughs> a given. that's a given sorry man i couldn't resist you don't like me and i don't like you <laughs> i like you i like you yeah. <laughs> but uh but like that, that's the thing is like just because you know your your friends friends with someone doesn't mean that you have to be friends with them but but having them as like basically not not making people your enemy just because you don't get on with them is probably a good thing um and and yeah i think people get kind of people get very caught up in like oh we must be best friends or that like i really respect what that person does so if i say that i like what they do they should like me and it's like it doesn't <laughs> always work mm-hmm. like that and and that's okay like yeah, it, there's it, so many like dating analogies in this <laughs> i know right <laughs> Uh, yeah, this, this makes me feel like, um, kind of opposite end of the spectrum. You know how you can walk into a room full of people and feel completely alone. Yes. That that's, I feel like that is the sense that a lot of people get when they first start out or when they're trying to establish the connections. It's like, I'm here. Yeah. I'm in this community full of people that I know I'm going to get along with, but no one's talking to me. And yeah. it is extremely difficult to take yourself outside of the maker community in the podcast situation. But think about those times where you you push yourself to show up and it didn't work out or like you didn't make as many connections or you didn't get a phone number like you were hoping or you went to a job interview and you didn't get the job. You getting beaten down by that over and over again can you know, cause a lot of issues or you can get kind of down on yourself or like, I'm not getting as big on social media as I thought I was, or it's not as fast as I thought it would be. Then a lot of that's balancing expectations. It's the same thing with the dating analogy. It's like, what are your expectations of your first meeting with this person for it to go swimmingly? And then you get married a month from now. Hmm. What are your thoughts on how soon you are going to get married after meeting somebody I've (laughs) met? I know friends of mine that have been, Married after like six months of knowing each other, which seems crazy to me, but they've been together for 10 years and they're very happy when it comes to the, what we do or trying to get your presence known or get your skill set recognized by your peers. I, it can be so depressing. It can be so depressing to feel like you're doing just as much work, if not more work than the other people that are, quote unquote, successful or moving faster or getting sponsorships or whatever the hell it is. But I think the expectations is is the real takeaway for me. Like, what are your expectations? Manage them properly and understand that some people get lucky. Some people find the person they're looking for very quickly or the friends that they're looking for, the chosen family, as people like to use those terms. Like, I, I would have never yeah. met you guys if it wasn't for you asking me on the podcast. Yeah. You know, I maybe we would have heard of each other through the zombie thing or going to a few events. But honestly, like, that was you guys asking me to be on. And I, I was so, like, blown away. That, oh, my God, I'm going to be on a podcast. People think I'm cool. <laughs> which is way wrong. You guys still don't <laughs> think I'm cool. But I, you know, I had to quickly manage the expectations. I went on three podcasts within a week. I was on three different podcasts yeah. and I got all excited because I was like, this is it. Everything's going. Here we go. We're going to get successful. <laughs> Everything's coming up Millhouse. Yeah. And then that isn't the case. I feel good about how things are going, but that took me managing the expectations. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. What are my expectations? I want to make a bunch of friends and make stuff. Yeah. Cool. I've done that. I think the, the other danger is though, is people, um, there's a, a couple of nasty terms for it and I can't remember them. I don't really want to use them anyway, but people that kind of, they go out and almost collect connections and, and people kind of have uh, this idea in their head that like, ah, if I'm friends with so-and-so and so-and-so, oh, yeah. that means I'm a success and that means I'm going to be successful. That's and, called throwing spaghetti at the wall. Yeah, but it, it, it's like just just because you, you know, it, it's like with, uh, with you, Brett, like you were working for Jim and there was a lot of people that would go, ah, I'm working for Jim, therefore I can put out whatever I want and it's going to be successful and I'm going to make lots of videos. And you could have put out clones of Jimmy's videos had him in the background and started the title of each video with uh, Duresta because you were in his workshop. And yes, you may have got a few extra subs from doing that. But rather than doing that, you went out, you did your own content in your own style, doing what you wanted to do. And yeah, you you know, you might have had a little bit of a boost from... Um, like from people knowing that you worked with Jim, but that's not what, that's not why you now have the, what, 15 something subscribers. How many, how many subscribers do you have? Like 15,000? Why does it matter? Yeah. But yeah, you, yeah, you, you are successful on your own terms, not because you worked for Jimmy and you know, Jimmy, it's because you've made good content and you've put that out there. Like that's, that's, I think that's what people don't necessarily understand is just knowing someone isn't, isn't guaranteed success. You still have to put that hard work in. Um, and I think there's, there's this kind of weird thing that it's like, Oh, if I get, if I get featured on someone's story or if I get a shout out on this podcast or that podcast, then that's going to mean I'm going to get overnight success and I'm going to get mm-hmm. all the viral videos. It's like, no, if you, it doesn't matter how many shout outs you get. If you put out shit content, you you're not going to get people watching it. Like the whole point is, is yes, it's great to have that, that leg up and that boost and that, um, that recognition from your peers, but that doesn't mean that you're instantly going to get all the likes, follows and subscribers. Like you still have to put the work in. Um, So I think it's, it's important to remember that yes, connections are great, but the connections should be there to um, to help you grow as an individual and to help you be able to to take on these tasks and do these things and you know have those people that you can ask those questions to and not as a uh, not people you can step on to get to get a leg up. Does that make sense? Yes. No ulterior motive. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. That's the fucking term I was looking for. Like, make connections because you like people. Don't make connections because you want to use them for success. Because that's that's a shitty thing to do. And working your ass out, being content, that is a spiffing thing to do. People that we think that are spiffing. Uh, Al, have you got an order? Yep, it's spa. Spa. Mm, it's borrow. Which means that I am first. Uh, and keeping on the theme of connections and definitely moving away from the uh, the rant that I just had <laughs> about that, guys. <laughs> uh, Don't make yeah. friends with people. <laughs> I just, uh, it's not that. It's just, yeah. Anyway. Go on. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Someone that I made friends with earlier this year, a um, guy called Matt Burgess. He is a wonderful chef. Uh, he works in a series of restaurants in London called Caravan Restaurants. Um, really nice guy on social medias as Matt Black uh, with one T and no C. Um, but he's just started putting out some YouTube videos, um, just like in his backyard, cooking good food. Like nice, simple, easy food, um, but like super tasty. Uh, the whole like the caravan restaurants and everything is all about what they call free cooking, 
which is not sticking to any one kind of um uh what's the term for a genre of food it's not genres al i'm looking at you here what's, what's wrong with the uh, genre is it a genre of food that doesn't sound right yeah type. anyway type yeah one type of food <laughs> like um or like type of technique or anything like that like they're all about combining uh different types of food together to create something wonderful um so yeah uh he has a few videos out already uh i was speaking to him earlier on he's not gonna be able to do a video a week or anything like that but he's gonna try and next year post um a few more um so you're talking like every now and then maybe once a month or something like that um there's gonna be a new video going up um but I can see him exploding on uh, YouTube just because it's it's good, simple food, uh, but nice and honest and tasty and yummy. So, yeah, Matt Black, go and check him out. Uh, Brooke, you're next. Yeah. So I'm not 100% sure if this is a respiff. <laughs> Doesn't really matter. Uh I have to spiff on Jorgen Stray because he was a connection that was made at Maker Central first year who sneakily brought me Scully's hands, if anybody remembers (laughs) the pictures of Scully's hands. And then he just kind of slinked off. I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Complete stranger, come back. Um, And then last year he made everybody the uh, cast bananas, which... Is hilarious because then Eric got one and Eric keeps using it in his videos. And Jorgen has now gotten connected with a bunch of the folks in the crew. And I feel like as just an example of what our little group of weirdos has become, um, I keep seeing him pop up in random other places with people that we know. Like he was just on Garage Avengers uh, podcast. And I know a bunch of the Scandinavian boys all hung out together not too long ago. Um, But he also just put up a helmet. He just made an amazing skull helmet and was posting pictures of it. And I think he just completed it. Um, And as somebody who wants to get into a little bit of armor making or some, some metal forming, that was one of those little inspirational moments of like, Oh God. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to talk to him about that because now it feels like we're reversing the connection. It's like, right now I'm coming back to you because I want to talk to you about how you did your sheet metal work and put the fluting in it and everything like that. So I'm happy knowing that Jorgen's one of those guys that I met randomly or not randomly, but you know, we met at an event that I could not have planned years in advance to have done and now here we are coming full circle where I can't wait to reach out to him and talk to him about uh, how he made his helmet. Yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, going to be great. There's, there's two things I want to say about that. Firstly, the I know the helmet, which was fucking wonderful, uh, was one of the armor templates uh, ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that guy's got some really cool stuff out there. They're, um, they're not cheap, but they're worth every penny as far as mm-hmm. I can tell from everyone I've heard. Um, and yeah, I mean, it looked fucking awesome and to kind of go back into random connections because not only did I also get to meet him at Maker Central, but then last year for the treasure trade, treasure trade, uh, I got Jorgen as a, uh, tradee. Um, and it was really nice kind of getting to see a little bit more about him and having to do a little bit of sneaky research on him for that. Mm. Um, and yeah, he's just a... He's, he seems to be one of those people that he like because when he did the thing with the banana, it was literally like came up, gave it to me, and then just like, okay, bye. Just disappeared. Yeah, I just bye. Found, yeah. come back. I found I'm, it. I'm gonna hug you. Like, I found it in my pocket away? of my coat <laughs> that I had with me. I was like, why the hell is there a banana in my pocket? Yeah, he's uh, he's he's ace. He's definitely someone that I want to uh, I want to hang out with a bit. And yeah, he's a very cool dude. In fact, a lot of the uh the guys from like scandinavia uh like super awesome cool fun people but not rasmus uh ow yes um going on on connections and bit of a callback um i was thinking about the uh the cyber truck and the design of it 
and I was thinking why I like it. Um, and throughout my childhood, I always had these iconic cars that I loved. Yeah. Um, from like my favorite car of all time is the Golf Mark One. I just love yeah. it. It looks like what I would draw if I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, growing up with Back to the Future, I love the fucking DeLorean. Absolutely yeah. iconic. Kind of looks like the Cybertruck. A little bit of connection yeah. there. Um, it's a stainless steel body. It's, it's a stainless steel body, but the, the, the shape of it, the, you know, yeah. the, the design of it, the aesthetic, it looks like it's fast, even though it's not going fast. And all yeah. these kind of like, everyone's commenting about, oh, it looks like, it looks like what the future looks like in the 80s. Like, That's fine. I was born in the 80s. Um, I mean, the DeLorean had its problems. Yeah. That mainly to do with the, the, the corrupt owner <laughs> and the, the fucking yeah. awesome car and the shit yeah. engine. Um, but then even like down to things like the Volkswagen Sirocco, which is one of my favorite yeah. cars of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found out it was the same fucking guy designing them all. Oh, really? So yeah, Giorgetto Giugiaro is like the fucking, the, the don of car design. Um, yeah. And he's designed some of the most fucking iconic, coolest shit cars that we grew up with. Um, right up to like modern things as well. Like I don't know if you remember the the V twelve Roadster that double uh, E twelve Roadster that Volkswagen came out with. Oh like, shit! Crazy yeah, yeah, like yeah, hypercar. Yeah. Um, but loads of beautiful like Maseratis, um, Carmen Gear. You know, like classic cars yeah. from the sixties and seventies as well. Nice. Um, and he he designed them all, and this is why I love them all because it was this this. You know, even though a lot of them are very different looking cars, there was this beautiful kind of understanding of what makes me tick. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Never going to own any of them, but you know, hopefully, I can <laughs> you know draw them and, and imagine what they look like. But um, yeah, I, I I really think that um, Franz von Holzhausen, who is the car designer at Tesla, uh, smashed it. He's designed all of them, so like the Model S, the Model Three. Yeah, um, he's been responsible for all the Teslas, and you know, there's there's been an aesthetic of this kind of pretend supercar meets everyday saloon look yeah. that they've kind of gone for with Tesla. It's very kind of um, yeah, anemic to me. Like it, it does. It doesn't want to commit to anything because yeah. they don't. Mm-hmm. They don't want it to look like a Prius, which yep. deliberately looks like an electric car from Total Recall because that's what you <laughs> think electric cars look like. That's yeah. why it's got the whole thing at the back where the wheels are covered. And like for ten years, all electric cars had that stupid thing on the yeah. back wheels. Yeah, um, and it was just that association with that's what electric cars look like. The fact that France has just gone off the fucking chain with yeah. this Cybertruck. Yeah. Um, granted, they'll probably tone it down when it gets released, but I think generally this is I, what the car should look like. If I, I was briefed it, this is what it would look like. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I and and I think for him to 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 go off the aesthetic of what all the other Teslas look like and go oh, no yeah. actually fuck it let's change the world of trucks. Um, yeah. And then also the ATV as well in the back. It just yeah. <laughs> I'm on board. Like forget about Elon. Forget about the 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 kind of the Steve Jobs approach to to selling yeah. shit. Um, I love the designer. Yeah, I, uh, I, I actually said to Jim earlier on uh, that it it looks like if DMC produced a pickup, <laughs> this is exactly what it would look like. And, uh, and it's like I said earlier on, like I really want to like it because there's so many parts of it that I'm like, that's fucking genius. And I love the fact that they've not gone for a traditional pickup sort of style <laughs> truck. Yeah, but. It, it just there's something about it that I don't particularly like, but that doesn't mean that I I think it's a bad design. It's just yeah, yeah. it's not it's not what I'm. It's it's like it's like the Canyonero. It's like that car that Homer designs with all the things on it that just goes wrong. <laughs> it's just like, like fuck what it's meant to look like. You know, you're not you're not yeah. breaking like records on the Nurburgring. It doesn't yeah. need to be the most streamlined aerodynamic thing ever. It's like yeah. this is you know I, I, yeah, I'm on. Like- that's the thing, though, is it does like naught to sixty in like two point nine yep. seconds. Fucking <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but yeah, no, like I, I've got a whole lot of love for it. I, I love what they're doing with it, but it's just, yeah, it's, nah, yeah. it's not for me. But, um, but you know, the, the the connection as well being that uh, Holzhausen used to work at Volkswagen, where um, Giorgetto used to work. So yeah. you can you can understand where this aesthetic, aesthetic has come from. It's yeah. not just oh, it looks like a DeLorean. It's like well, yeah, the same fucking guy. Who <laughs> it. Um, yeah. He also did the um, the new Beetle as well. So you know the the when they relaunched the Beetle like twenty yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, and it was like a, you know the new version of the old school Volkswagen. Yeah. So like he was responsible for that. So there's oh, these nice. there's these there's these connections in all the yeah. the, the kind of shapes I like in cars. Yeah. Um, Audi Quattro. Yeah. 
yeah. Uh, let's not go into old cars because we'll be having fucking ages. Uh, and Brett won't have a fucking clue what we're talking about because they're not American. Um, it's like a right. dodge. Like a, what you, I, like a truck. I, I don't know what truck is driving. Yeah. <laughs> That's, pretty sure that is what he drives. Uh, anyway, is there any other business from either of you? No. I, I love this part of the show where you both just stare. You, no, don't, move on. Don't, don't, don't give me any kind of feedback. Three days to do your uh, treasure trade. Yes, yes, you've got no time to do the treasure trade, so crack the fuck on. Um, yeah, but Steve will have, whoever Steve's person is, Steve will have it to you by Christmas. <laughs> Like you said earlier in the podcast, let's just yeah, yeah. You got three days, Steve. Fuck Christmas you. is three days from now. Fuck you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it's three days to post it, not three days for it to arrive. It's fine. Uh, yeah. Okay, Steve. Okay, Steve. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> anyway, uh, you're so pleased with yourself right now. You're such a prick. I'm so uh, hungry. <laughs> Uh, right, in which case, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshare Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. And you can find us as a group at FWT Podcast. You can find uh, all the show notes and links and everything at fwtpodcast.com. Uh, if you want to start making some connections for yourself, then we have a Facebook group. It is wonderful nice. there. There are some lovely people there. Uh, and yeah, go go check it out. Just put Fools with Tools podcast in to the Facebooks and it's all there. Uh, I think that's it. So without further ado. Oh my God. Another heart has made the trade. Forget it, forget it, forget it. But somehow that vital connection is made. That's the lyrics of Connection by Elastica, but it is about the, the trade, the treasure trade. <laughs>